So as Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before your throne of grace, Lord God. Just giving you praise, honor, and glory for yet another day, Lord God, that you've given us the opportunity to gather in this place. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that we are free to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord God. And that we can sit in this sanctuary, Lord God, without fear of what's outside or, or who's looking in or, or what may happen, Lord God. That you've given us a place of freedom to worship you, Lord God, and also to hear of your word, Lord. So, Lord, let us not take that for granted because there's many, even on this day right now, Lord God, wishing that they could be in a place that was free. There's some that in order for them to even read your word or, or to even pray to you, Lord God, that they have to do it in secret, Lord God. For fear of being seen that their life may be taken, oh Lord God. But we live in an a, a, a era and a place, Lord God, that you've given us, Lord God, that we are free to worship you. And for that we are grateful and thankful, Lord God. So as we are gathered in this place, Lord God, speak to our hearts. We pray that your word, Lord God, will, will touch us, Lord God, in a way like never before. I pray that every heart is open, Lord God, to receive your word, that it may touch us in a way like never before, Lord God. Lord God, that it changes us, that it rearranges us, Lord God, that we will never be the same, Lord God, that our love for you, Lord God, will grow stronger, Lord God, that we'll be more in tune, Father God, that even as the winds and the cares of life blows our way, Lord God, that it doesn't distract or steal from our praise unto you, Lord God. And that we're not distracted, Lord God, by the things of this life, Lord God, the cares of life, Lord God. Lord, but that our hearts are totally in tune to you, Lord God, by your spirit. So as you lead us from one day to the next, Lord God, that you will be glorified, that your will can be done through and in our lives, Lord God, that somebody else may come to know you, Lord God, as the only true God that you are, and your son Jesus that you sent. So we give you praise, honor, and glory right now for as you speak to us, Lord God, we know that you will give us something that is going to add to our lives, Lord God, that is going to encourage us, Lord God, that's going to charge us, Lord God, to, to press forward. It's going to charge us, Lord God, as Minister Leslie just prayed, Lord God, that, to, that, that engages us to do what our part, Lord God. And we're grateful, Lord God. We thank you right now, Lord God, for the transformation that you are working in our lives, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, right now that you will speak to our hearts, Lord God, and that you will encourage us through your love. In Jesus' name we pray. In all this in agreement, say amen. amen. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. If you will, turn your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. This is the, the epistle of 1 John. This is right before Revelations here in the end of your book. You have 1, 2, and 3 John. And today we are in 1 John. And it's in chapter 5 that we want to turn to. As you turn your Bibles there, let me just start by saying this. That over the next three weeks, that God is going to impart to us on a mini-series, I guess we can call it that. And this is uh, part one of the series of birthmarks of a believer birthmarks of a believer and this is part one there's five birthmarks that the writer John speaks to us of and of course today we won't be able to hit all five that's why it's a little serious so we're going to try as God's will to talk about the first two this is called titled birthmarks of a believer a birthmark is something that, uh, uh, as it pertains to what we're talking about, is a mark that you as a believer, that each and every one of us should have. And the difference between a natural birthmark is yours ain't going to be like mine. But the spiritual birthmark of a believer, each and every one of us has the same birthmarks. Glory be to God. And it's five, as I said, that God wants to speak to our hearts about. 
as we uh, journey into this First John chapter 5, we want to start, or he, uh, God wants to start by speaking to our heart something that is essential that we have to understand and he wants us to know with full confidence as we venture to even talk about these birthmarks then he wants us to know first and foremost this thing and it comes in, and it says in chapter 13 I mean excuse me verse 13 of chapter 5 so we have 1st John chapter 5 verse 13 everybody with me <coughs> and it reads like this these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. The writer here, this is John. This is not the Gospel of John, but this is an epistle of John. This is a letter that he wrote uh, towards the end of his life, and he's writing to the Christians, to believers. And he's given uh, some significance into what he's saying. He says, these things I have written to you. And we're going to talk about what them things are. Who believe in the name of the Son of God. And that, somebody say that. There's a reason why he's writing these things. He says that you may know that you have eternal life. That you may know that you have eternal life. And, somebody say and. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. We want to start out by saying a couple things here. Because even as believers, there's many of us, or there's many believers that go from one day to the next and in, 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 in the assurance of their eternal destination is not clear to them. Sometimes uh, we go through situations and people might, you know, question, am I really saved? Do I really have a home when this is all over? And see, and these are all things that Satan himself and the enemy wants to trick a believer with. But the word of God says that you can be assured. And this assurance is not something that he wants to tell us today and then he has to continue to remind us of it tomorrow or next week God wants to to let somebody know today 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 that you he wants to impart some truth to 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 us today that we can know from this day forward somebody say from this day forward you can know your true destination and not only just know it but you can be assured of your eternal destination and as a believer then the word of God here encourages us that we should know this. He, God wants us to know this and because it makes all the difference in the world as you continue to travel through this day, this little lifetime in there. It's the assurance of, where, of what you have and, and where you're going can make all the difference in how you live from one day to the next. And today God needs each and every one of us to be assured of our eternal destination. And in order to be assured of that, then it causes us to take a look at uh, are we truly believers? Do we have the birthmarks of true believers? Glory be to God. Because see, when you, as we look at this and you can see and you can know for yourself that you have these birthmarks and you can know for yourself that you are a true believer, then uh, what has to happen now is that going forward, is no way, shape, fashion, or form, or no how should Satan ever be able to throw some ideas into your mind that will make you question your eternal destination. Okay? Glory be to God. Because see, this is all about being a child of the Most High God. If you will, let us take a look at the first one, the first test if I can say it like that, is the faith test. Is the faith test. The first birthmark is the test of faith. What do you believe? Is our doctrine in line with the word of God? He's just going to walk us real through this, real slowly today, and it's worth all of our consideration 
the first birthmark or the test is is your faith is our doctrine in line with the word of God here in 1 John chapter 4 just if you uh, flip your page back just one in verses 4 I mean chapter 4 and verse 15 actually even before we read verse 15 let us look at verses 1 through 3 Right here, 1 John, we ain't even going far. In verse 4, it says this. This is a, a serious thing, my friend, because some of us, maybe are, maybe we question when things happen in our life, or maybe it's easy for Satan to, to uh, you know, cast doubt to whether, to our eternal destination because of lack of knowledge or lack of understanding. In verse 1 of uh, chapter 4 here in 1 John, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And see, this is the whole problem. And it's the same thing then, and it's the same thing now. This is the reason why you got to know what you believe. Because there are many false doctrines out there. There are many uh, doctrines that, that uh, and the false doctrines these days is so tricky because they, they uh, it's, a, it's almost like this. Let me give you an example, like a true or false question. And, 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 and I can say today is, is December the 3rd. And we are here at the golf center, you know, in the True Love Christian Church. And, 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 and today, Pastor John is wearing a great suit. Is that a false statement or a true statement? Well, we are, today is the third, I believe. We are here at the golf center, you know, and we are celebrating, you know, as True Love Christian Church, giving honor to God. But I don't think my suit is great. So the thing about today and, 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 and the prophets that are, that are lingering out there, and the doctrine that's lingering out there, it has so much, it has a form of truth. It has so much that's so close or linked to the truth and then it's only something that's very small or what we would consider or one may consider small that makes all the difference in the world. But you know that if we make a statement and saying today is the third, the third of December and we are here at the golf center and, but then the fact that I ain't got on a gray suit, that makes that a false statement. So while much of it is true, it becomes a false statement. In there, and while, and so we have to be very careful. We got to know the doctrine and what we believe, my friend, because many of it, yo, know, can, can say, "Oh, praises unto God," you know, having faith in God. But if it denies Jesus, you know, oh, it, it, oh, we believe in the same God you believe in. We believe in the Creator of the world, the God, the true God, the God Almighty. We just don't believe in, we believe that there's many ways unto God. See, we, they talk about the same God, but they're talking about a different road to God. And the word is very clear that Jesus said himself that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man comes unto the Father except through me. Glory be to God. And, and that, uh, what makes that true is not because Jesus said it. What makes it true is because God said it. Look at verse 2 right here. It says, by this you know. We're talking about the spirits of God. By this you know the spirit of God. That every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ. Listen, listen, don't miss this. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and he is now already in the world, my friend. See, there's many that believe that God is God, but they don't believe that God sent Jesus as his son. Come on, somebody. So we got to understand that if, if a, there's, there's some that would even believe that in Jesus, but they say that he was, the, he was incarnated. Uh, they understand the incarnation, but they say that the spirit of God never was not on him until he died on the cross. 
And this is so close to Christianity that if you don't know what, who you affiliated and what you uh, believe in, then you can easily be lost and headed in the wrong direction. There's doctrines out there now that speak of, uh, you know, the, it, you know, that puts so much precedence on the black man as the, the Jew. With the, saying that we are the original and the true Israelites. You know, whether that is, uh, have any significance or not, it doesn't even matter because what, what matters is, is that is, is right here and right now, are you able to, uh, are God, is God able to, to, uh, to use you as a vessel? And see, and all of that false doctrine, all of this different stuff is just sent out to deter you from what the truth of the matter is, is whether Jesus was a white man or a black man. Jesus was the Savior, and Jesus was the one that was sent by God. That's what matters. Come on, somebody. And if we get sidetracked with all of this other monkey business, then what it does is sit to divide and separate. It's sent to move your attention off of the only true God and, then, and put your attention on you, is what it is. It makes this about you. In there. And then when it's about you, then the revelation that comes from God, you can't even receive the revelation because this, may, this is about you. And there ain't no doubt that, that, that uh, the blacks have been enslaved in this country, in other countries. Ain't no doubt that the children of Israel, the original children of Israel, was enslaved. The Bible tells us from you know, Babylon to, to Rome and all of these other different places. You know, it ain't no doubt about that. But what God is speaking of right now, all of that stuff, don't, the only thing that matters more than anything is do you believe that Jesus has come in the flesh? Do you believe what God says? And see, God, and why this is so important is because God said, this is whom I sent. This is whom I sent. This is my choice. And man has made it his choice. For God to receive my choice. Lord, this is the way I want to come to you so it don't matter what you said. In essence, that's what we're saying. We don't want, you know, when we deny that Jesus is the Christ. And see, that's the question is, what is the Christ? When the Bible speaks of the Christ, let's go to verse 15 here in the same chapter 4. Just remember this. Is that the spirit of the living God that bears witness of who the Son of God is? Is that Jesus has come in the flesh? In verse 15, it says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. And he in him. See, whoever don't confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God don't abide in him, my friend. We're talking about the test of faith here. This is uh, birth number one, is that our faith is of what the Word of God says. And this is real significant. Look at verse, five, uh, verse 1 of chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the what? The Christ is born of God. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. What is the Christ? What is the Christ? The Christ, my friend, is the, the one whom God has sent. The Christ is the one uh, sent by God. That's what the Christ is. Not a, uh, see, the Christ is God's choice of redemption that pleased him. See, this ain't about you. It ain't, our, it ain't your choice. It's God's choice. See, the Christ is God's choice for to redeem you. The Christ is God's choice to, to open the door for you to be able to come back into the sheepfold as men that is, uh, have been lost through sin, through the sin of Adam that each and every one of us, as the Bible says that for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God so we all need a Savior and the Savior is the Christ 
That the Christ ain't our, ain't what we want to get to God. It's the one that God has sent. And the one that God sent was manifested in the flesh. That he came in the flesh. Glory be to God. This is the test. We're talking about the test of one's faith. Is, your, is, is what we believe, is the doctrine that we believe of God in the true faith. And this here, all of what we're talking about leads to what? What he said in verse 13. He says, these things I have written to you that you may, whoever believes in the name of the Son of God, that you may know. This is talking about knowing that you have eternal life. <clears throat> not that you have to wonder. Not that you even have to guess. But that you may know. And see, some of us have been, been in the church for a long time. And we believed in Jesus Christ and, in, and, and within ourselves. We knew, I know that I have eternal life. Because if somebody asked you, how do you know that you have eternal life? Was we able to explain to them? Well, we can explain today. <laughs> God is making it very clear today. So when some, the world or somebody may ask you, well, how do you know that you got eternal life? See, because the, the world, especially in the times that we live in now, come on somebody, you hear this. They, uh, this is all inclusive or, or, you know, I don't have no problem with what you think in your way is true, but then uh, you can't denounce my way as being truth. See, everybody wants to be able to, you, we can, you know, I'll, you can accept your truth and I'll accept my truth. How do you know my truth ain't the truth? Or what makes you think your truth is better than my truth? Well, the, the truth of the matter is, is that there is only one truth. And the Bible says that the spirit is truth. And that Jesus himself is the truth. The way. The way, the truth, and the life. Come on, somebody. So there is only one truth, but uh, come on. And I'm speaking really, uh, hopefully, again, just like we pray. That you allow the spirit of God to speak to your heart because this is a serious matter. No, it ain't one that's going to make you jump up out of your seat right now. But it's one if you listening to what the spirit of the Lord is saying. It's going to give you everything that you need. Because we live in a society right now that your, that your truth don't mean nothing to, to my truth. Is what it says. And, you, and, and your truth, don't. what makes you think that your truth is better than my truth? And what I believe. As a matter of fact, you know, I used to say this all the time, and, uh, and, and of course, our truth that we believe and know, excuse me, to be the truth, but it's not, it don't have to come and it ain't from some arrogant place. The truth, when you really know the truth, then you don't have to, it ain't arrogant place, then you, it's, it's one of confidence. It's one matter of fact that uh, because somebody may not know the truth, there is one that is filled with compassion. Okay? But I remember growing up in high school, I, I used to say this all the time, well, you, you, you know what you, uh, I know what I know, and you think what you think. See? And people used to get mad about that. Like, who do you think you is? You're going to tell me, my, you, you, can, uh, you know what you know, but I can think what I think. And there was another way that I said it. It was even more incriminating than that, but I won't bother to say that to you right now. But the real reality, my friend, is, is that, yeah, you have, we have to have something that's more substantiated than, you know, to these people of the world now than just saying that, oh, what I know to be true is true above your truth. See, the reason why and how can we know that this is true? We can know it's true because the word of God says that Jesus, again, in, 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 in the earlier parts of chapter 4, that the, the spirit of truth that bears witness, it comes one way and one way only and it testifies of one thing and one thing only. And what does it testify? It testifies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. That if the spirit does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, then guess what? It's not the spirit of God. It's not the spirit of God. So no, it ain't no other way around this. In there, and, what do we, and we believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. We believe that he lived 
and was incarnated and that the spirit of God was in him from the time that he was born into this world because it was by the spirit that he was birthed. And it wasn't that when he turned 33 years old and was hanging on the cross that, that the Spirit of God came upon him. That he lived a life that was full of the Spirit and in the Spirit of God. We know that he was fully God in the flesh, in essence, my friend. And this is essential doctrinal stuff that, if you, that, that, in, that gives us the indication according to the word of God on how we can know see when you believe that Jesus has come in the flesh that spirit that speaks to you bears witness to the spirit of God amen look here let's read further we in 1st John chapter 5 verse 1 Again, it says, so now, having said that, whoever believes that Jesus Christ, excuse me, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ. And what is the Christ again? The Christ is the one that God sent. The one that God, I'm talking about God Almighty, the, his choice. The one that he says, this is the way, the truth, and the life. So whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who has who's begotten which is God also loves him who is the begotten of God come on somebody so in other words what this is saying that if we love God then we have to love the one that he's begotten and he who is the begotten the only begotten son is Jesus Christ himself so how can we want God and deny the son ain't gonna happen in verse 2 it says, by this, come on somebody, we know that we are what? Children of God. This is what the whole point is, my friend. This is how you know that you are a child of God. is by what you believe, my friend, not how much you think that you can earn from him, but by what you believe. And this is the reason why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that it's by grace that you have been saved through faith. It's by your faith that you place in what God said to be true. And it's not by your works, lest any man should boast. See, because if God made it any other way and it was by our works, then as soon as we accomplish something, then we're going to boast on ourselves as though we deserve something. We're going to boast on ourselves as though we should be glorified in something. And we know that the word of God says that all glory belongs to who? To God. All glory belongs to God. So God has done this in a way that even protects us from our own self. Hallelujah. And I say that all the time because in all things, if we can see it from God's perspective and examine what's true, you will see that everything that God has done for, for us, he set it up in a way that he's protected us, man from man. Glory be to God. On our journey, he's, if we walk in the way that he says, it's going to be a protection of you protecting yourself because pride is the root of all of this stuff. And so God has set it up in a way that if we humble ourselves, then he'll keep us out of pride and that protects us from thinking more of, protects us from thinking more of ourselves than we ought so in verse 2 again it says by this we know that we are children of God when we love God and keep his commandment for this is the love of God that we keep his commandment and his commandments are not burdensome and verse 4 it says for whatever is born for whatever is born for whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that we have that, excuse me, that has overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. How do we overcome the world? The, the victory that of us overcoming the world is what? Our faith. So you ain't did nothing anyway. It leads back to the same thing that it's our faith in, Christ, in the way that God has orchestrated. It's our faith in the truth of, that God says that my son Jesus whom I sent is the Christ is the one that I have accepted uh, and, and, and allowed to be the appropriation for sin that allows you back in, in the door. 
And while this may seem all simple, and while it may be totally in line ultimately with what you believe, you know that you always believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on that cross, that he came, and that he was resurrected. We all believe that. But you got to know why. You got to know why that's the truth. Because there are some that's going to come before you, that just as Jesus has said it, the word of God says that there's many false prophets that have gone out into the world. There's going to be many false prophets that present you something. And if you don't know what you believe and why it is, then you can easily be sidetracked, my friend, by the false prophets. Because much of it, like I said, is so close to what you already know. This is the test of your faith. This is the true test of your faith. Look at this. Because this is a serious thing. <laughs> that it's in, as the writer here has presented, you know, three infallible, 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 however you want to say it. He has presented three infallible uh, truths as to a witness that proves that Jesus is God and of God. In there, you know, let us look at verse 6 of that of 1 John chapter 5. It says, This is he who This is he who came by water. The same one that we just was talking about reading through 1 through 5. The one that has allowed you to overcome the world by your faith. The one that uh, announces it and pronounces you to be a child of God. He says, this is he who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who bears witness because the spirit is truth. You heard me say that a few minutes ago. That it's the spirit that is truth. In verse 7 it says, For there are three who bears witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, which is Jesus himself, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three, come on somebody, who bears witness on earth is the spirit the water and the blood and these three agree as one somebody don't know what we're talking about here but let me if you turn your bibles to Matthew chapter to 3 it sheds light on it because see here's the thing the water and how it bears witness and or it, how it is a witness glory be to God is that the baptism of Jesus Christ in the Jordan when the Father spoke from heaven in Matthew chapter 3 verse 13 what did he say? He says this is my son in whom I am well pleased let's go there real quick Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 this is the first witness Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. This is John the Baptist. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. In verse 16 it says, when he, had uh, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And in verse 17 it says, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is the first witness, the water, the baptism of Jesus Christ by John the Baptist and the, uh, the spirit of the, of the living God opens up.
up to heavens and, and the spirit of God speaks and not only did he hear it, then others around them thought that it had thundered or something. They, uh, there's the, the witness. Come on, somebody. This is a serious thing because we are talking about doctrine and we are talking about truth and the spirit of truth that God has sent is the only truth. That's it's the first witness. The, uh, the water baptism of Jesus Christ and, and God himself speaking from heaven. The only true God. The God that, that everyone wants to believe in. Even those that want to separate Jesus Christ from him. Then this is the God that spoke and said, this is my son. In whom I am well pleased. This is my son. And then the next witness is what? The blood. Not just by water, but water and blood. And blood, we know, it speaks of what? It speaks of the historical death of Jesus Christ on the cross for the sins of you and me. And in John chapter 12, the Gospel of John chapter 12, turn your Bibles there real quickly. Here's another witness. We see the witness of the water. And now we see the witness of the blood. In John chapter 12, verse 28. <coughs> We're going to let everybody get there. John chapter 12, verse 28. This is a serious thing and it's worth all the consideration, my friend. So it says in John chapter 12, starting in verse 28, it says, Father, this is Jesus speaking, glorify your name. And then it says, then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood and heard it saw that it had uh, said that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken uh, from heaven. Excuse me, an angel has spoken to him. In verse 30, Jesus answered and said, This voice is, did come because, excuse me, did not come because of me, but for your sake. To be a witness. Come on, somebody. It says in verse 31, it says, Now he, uh, excuse me, now is the judgment of, of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. It says, this he said, signifying of what death he would die. Glory be to God. There's that voice from heaven that came again and is testifying as a witness to the blood of Christ Jesus, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, my friend. We know then the blood of Christ Jesus, hallelujah, and as God has spoken from heaven, just like he spoke from heaven about the water baptism, that is signified and it is a witness. Come on, somebody. And it's a witness. Not only is it a witness, but it's God as a witness. Look, at, we're back in 1 John chapter 5 now. And this is the funny thing about all of this. The funny thing about all of this is that, man, we, in this world, we are readily, uh, and it's known to be readily acceptable, the witness of man. But if we accept the witness of man, is not the witness of God greater? Come on. And what, if somebody don't know what I'm talking about, I'm saying we are readily to accept the witness of man because what we do is if you get, if, if there's something that's said, if there's a, 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 a something that's being disputed, if it's a problem between me and you, then we go to court and we call the witness. And we, if there's an eyewitness that has seen, if there's an eyewitness that has heard, glory be to God, we accept their witness to be the truth. The witness of man is readily acceptable and it's all spread out so wide across the, not only the United States, but the world. That if you have a witness, then we know what you're saying, we tend to believe it. But it's not the witness of God. The one that has opened the heavens up and began to speak is not the witness of God greater, my friend. 
quick and ready to accept the witness of man. Yeah, he said it. He did it. I seen it. And we'll accept that as the, the, the Bible believing truth. But the witness of God is not a greater. Back in, 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 in chapter 5 and 1 John, verse 7, it says, For these, there are three who bear witness in heaven. Come on, somebody. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth. Glory be to God. The Spirit, the water, and, and the blood. And these agree as one. What are they agreeing on? They agree agreeing on that He is the Christ. Glory be to God. That He is the one that God has sent to be the appropriation and the Redeemer. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Come on, somebody. What is the agreement? The agreement is on. They agree that God has sent Himself. They agree that He is the Christ. And in verse 9 it says, if we, come on somebody say if we, that means you and me, receive the witness of man, which we do, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. See, God has testified of his son by his witness. But we, so we, we will agree real quickly to receive the testimony of man. Which one of us is going to go against the testimony of God? See, we are talking about how you can know that you have eternal life. You can see this and this, no, no, uh, no other faith can say. This the false prophets cannot say. They don't have a witness. They don't have a testimony. Glory be to God. They're not from God. Come on. Hallelujah. So this is how you can know that you know that what you believe is truth. It's the truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. And anything outside of that ain't no truth to it. Come on somebody. So this is how we can say to them that I know that what I know is true and what, and what you know that you can continue to think but that ain't the truth. I'm being honest. So then you can tell them, yes, I know what I know, and you can think what you think. Because that's what it is. And we know this why, not because of the witness of man, we know this because of the witness of God, and that God himself has testified. In verse 9 again it says, if we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is great, for this is the witness of God which he has testified of the Son. He who believes in the Son has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made God a liar. See, the witness, the testimony of God, if you have not believed that you made God a liar, but those of us that have believed the testimony of God have God in us. Hallelujah. And anything outside of that is, is made God a liar. It says, because why? Because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. See, this is how we know that we have eternal life. Because we have believed the testimony in which God, come on somebody say God. God has testified of his son. Hallelujah. This is awesome and great news, my friend. And this is the testimony. You want to know what that testimony is? And this is the testimony that God has given us what? Eternal life. This is how we know that we know that we have eternal life. Because we believe the testimony. And what is the testimony? Glory be to God. That God has given us eternal life. That's the testimony. And not only that, but guess what? It, somebody say, and. And that, we're still in verse 10 now. I mean, verse 11. Let me read it all together so we won't get messed up. It says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, number one. And this life is in his son. And the and this life is in his son. This eternal life is in his son. It ain't in Buddha. It ain't in Mohammed. 
It ain't in Joseph Smith, my friend. It is in the Christ, the one that God has sent. And in verse 12, he says, he who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son does not have life. He who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son does not have life. And then it goes on to say these things. Somebody say these things. Have I written to you that who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. And not only know that you have eternal life, but that you may what? Continue to believe. Why do we need to continue? Because there's many false prophets that have come out into the world. And if you don't know these things, then what is going to happen, my friend, is that you're going to be encountered by some false prophets that sounds so close to the truth. And matter of fact, it, 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 what they represent them and bring it to you is it, 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 it's, it's something that you want to buy into anyway. Especially because of circumstances in life. Especially for us as black folks because we've been oppressed, depressed, all of that. So when they come by and say, that, hey, you are the original. It's easy to buy into that. Because there's something inside of us that's saying that we worth something anyway. Yes, yeah, you are worth something. You are God's child. You are worth everything. There ain't no doubt about that. So today, God is saying, I need to encourage you that you know what your testimony is, that you know what your faith is, that you know the doctrine and what you believe. And this doctrine is about what he said. It's accepting the testimony of God himself. And there's no other doctrine known to mankind that is based on the testimony of God himself. There's none that even tries to test that, they know, that, that, that their doctrine is based on the testimony of God himself. They can't even tell you that. So this is how we know that we know. Somebody say that we know. I know that I know that I have eternal life. Because see, this life is in the Son. It's the faith that we have in the true testimony of God. That Jesus is the Christ. And that means first and foremost that he did come in the flesh. That he did live a perfect life in this life. And in that perfect life that he lived that it was acceptable unto God. The Father as the appropriation it paid the price that God needed to say that I now am willing I've been the justice have been served glory be to God because we serve a God not only a loving God he loved us to death he loved us to, to, to that he sent his only begotten son he's extended that grace but we serve a God that is just yes. hallelujah and this God says that when my son the Christ the one whom I sent came and finished the work that I required of him, that I was satisfied, God says. And that, and that alone, is what opens the door to, or the gates for us, the ones that have been lost, in need of a Savior, to be able to come back into the sheepfold. That and that alone, my friend. It ain't no good works that you can do that's gonna enter you into the gates outside of this truth is by faith that we have been saved through grace not of our works but 
if you continue to read, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are his workmanship, created where? In Christ Jesus, the one who satisfied God. The appropriation. And he says that we were created in him for good works. So this is what allows us and, and encourages us and, and, and behooves us to do the good works that we do. Not to earn salvation, but because we have salvation, my friend. And God is just wanting to set somebody free today. Because as we know this, see then when you, your works ain't so good, then the devil can't come by and lie to you and say, no, you don't deserve eternal life. Because you never uh, designed or predicated on your good works anyway. Then you can tell him right in his face, but I believe that Jesus came in the flesh. Hallelujah. I believe that he is the perfect sacrifice that God accepted. Glory be to God. And I, and I believe that even in my guilt, because I believe in the Christ, I believe the testimony that God has given me. And that testimony is, is that you do have, that I have, come on, eternal life. And that life is not in me, but it's in the Son. Glory be to God. Let's give God some praise right there. For he is awesome. He is mighty. Thank you, Lord, for your greatness. Thank you for accepting the price that we could not pay, Lord. So as we bow before you, Lord God, this moment, we thank you for your truth of your word, Lord God. We know in what we believed. But today, Lord God, you've given us an understanding of why we believe what we believe. And not only why we believe, but why we know because of what we believe, why we know that we have eternal life. Because you've given it in your son, Lord God. And it's not by our works. But it's by your grace, Lord God. And we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, O oh Lord. We thank you for the obedience of your son, Jesus. As he prayed the price. That we were not worthy to pray. To pay, Lord. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray by your spirit, Lord God, that you will touch each and every one of us.